0: Welcome to Bangalore Revival Center, here we dream revival and serve people with love. Today, Pastor Pridji shares on the topic of functioning from a place of rest in your life. If you are overwhelmed with the burdens of life, you need to take this time to listen to the voice of God that says to shift your point of comfort from the things of this world to Him and experience the rest He provides. Stay tuned.
1: We are in the month of May, what is the word for this month? Yes. Rest. This is a, this is a very um, very beautiful topic and we will try and take as much time this month to study on this. For today, we are going to begin with an aspect of rest that I feel the Lord was speaking to me personally, you know. And, and let me begin from the book of Romans chapter 11 and verse 8. As the scriptures say. God has put them into a deep sleep because of which to this day he has shut their eyes so they do not see and closed their ears so they do not hear. God is speaking about a particular people group. Apostle Paul is referring to a certain group of people who's been put into a deep sleep. And who put them into this deep sleep? God put them into this deep sleep. Now, if you understand what Apostle Paul is saying from chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 9, and chapter 10 of the book of Romans, you will understand that this is a people group who have the wrong set of belief systems. They don't believe correctly. They're religious. They're talking about Jews, okay? They're religious. They go to church. They are part of every Routine religious activity in the church, and yet they are not, uh, you know, functioning according to the mind of God, they are not functioning according to the ways of God. Because of which, the Bible says, God has put them into a deep sleep. If you read the root translation of this uh, word, God has put a spirit of slumber upon them, a spirit of slumber, not just that God has put them into sleep, but God has put a spirit upon them that will put them into deep sleep, a spirit that will make them lazy, a spirit that will make them shut their eyes, a spirit that will make them not listen. Is it possible for us, for believers, for Christians, for children of God to go through a season like this where God will shut our eyes Where God will shut our ears. It's one thing for us to say, okay, I am going to, you know, not listen to God. God is still speaking, but I am not going to listen to God. God is still doing something, but I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be watching what God is doing. That is different from when the Bible says, God put a spirit of sleep upon them. It's one thing for us to shut ourselves to God and it's a completely different thing for God to shut himself towards us to an extent that there is no more revelations. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's one thing for us to close ourselves, shut ourselves to God and it's another thing for God to shut himself away from us. One such incident you will find in the book of Samuel. It says, during the days of Eli, who was the high priest of the nation, the visions and words from the Lord was very rare. There was absolutely nothing from heaven to earth. No conversations, no declarations, absolutely nothing by which men can know the mind or the heart of God. Until a man came whose name was Samuel. Samuel. And this season was such that the entire nation was put into deep sleep. And why was that? You know the character of the leaders of the nation at that point. They were compromising in the offerings and the sacrifices that were being brought to God. They were making adulteration to the uh, work of God, to the move of God in the, ch- in, in the house of God. They were doing all kinds of promiscuous things. Because of which God had put them into a deep sleep. Because of which their eyes were shut and their ears could not hear anymore. You know, if you study scripture, there are two kinds of sleep that God can give us. There is a kind of sleep that God can give us because of which we are unable to hear And there is a kind of sleep that God can give us because of which our hearing capacity, our receiving capacity is amplified. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, when we are sleeping, especially when we are sleeping, when our physical body is resting is when our thoughts, you know, our mind is inactive, our emotions are at rest, That is the time when our spirit is most able to receive from God. So there is a kind of rest, there is a kind of sleep in which we can receive from God even more. And there is a kind of sleep and there is a kind of rest because of which we stop receiving from God. We get disconnected from our relationship with God. And that is the kind of sleep that we need to avoid. I'll tell you a story from the book of Judges. You all know this story. There was a man who fell asleep at the lap of another woman. You want to read this story? It says in Judges chapter 16 and verse 19. Delilah, what does it say? What did she do? Lulled or sung a song or made sure that Samson is asleep with his head in her lap. And then what did she do? Then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. Now this is a man who has great strength. This is a man who has done impossible feats. This is a man who has done stuff that no eyes have seen in the nation of Israel. And yet right now in this season... You see that he is being put to sleep. So this is a man who has done impossible things over the nation, for the nation. You know, the strength of Samson is such that he has taken down lions, he, he has taken down bears. He, he, is, he is somebody who has killed thousands of Philistines with just his hands, with just a, a, a bone in his hands. This is a guy who has tremendous amount of strength. This is a guy who cannot be taken down easily. And yet, because of a certain compromise that he made, I'm sure that the reason he fell asleep was because he was tired. He was physically tired. He was emotionally frustrated. He had His, his spiritual life was not overflowing. There was a burnout that was happening in his life. Because of which he reached this point where he is now unable to stay awake. And where does he go to when he is in this point where he needs rest? He goes to the house of Delilah. He goes to a woman who doesn't have the best interest in her heart for this guy. Who is planning, who is preparing to betray him. He goes to a woman like that. And see, check this out, okay? This woman tried to trick him several times before, okay? It had to be somebody whose eyes have been shut and ears have been shut to not be able to identify that this man, this woman doesn't have good intention towards him. So Samson, before he fell asleep in the natural, he had already fallen asleep in his spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is why he kept going back to Delilah again and again and again and again. To the extent that finally, this was the end of his life, of this phase of his life. Now, see, Samson was somebody and who had a lot of pressure on his life. He had great calling of God on his life, great prophecies over his life. And yet, Somehow, he ended up messing up things. Somehow, he ended up doing the wrong thing. Somehow, his, his marriage was a wreck. His relationships were gone. His own people did not you know, respect and celebrate him. This was a man who really, really was broken. But the problem was not that he was broken. The problem was that when he was broken, instead of running to the source of his strength, instead of running to the person that anointed him, Instead of going to the God who can refill him, he went to a woman. He went to a system. He went into an environment that is now going to enslave him. That is now going to add to the sleep that he is already experiencing in his spirit. And the Bible says, Delilah, she intentionally, it was not like Samson uh, you know, just came in and fell asleep. But Delilah, she lulled Samson to sleep. So let me ask you to identify those Delilahs in your life that is giving you comfort. Now, these Delilah may not be a bad thing. You know, it may not be a sinful thing always. It can just be something like watching television. It can just be scrolling on Instagram. It can just be our friends that we love to hang out with when we are down. It can just be that work. You know, for me, it is work. When, when I'm feeling down, I go immerse myself in work. I, I, I'm the most productive when I'm depressed. <laughs> so, you know, it could be just work. It could be something, something that you naturally go to seek your refuge in. But you need to identify that Delilah. That Delilah that gives you comfort when you are tired. When you are broken. When you are in this place of uh, frustration. Who is the one who comes that fears? Who is the one who lulls you to sleep? The Bible says in the next line. It says in this way she began. Everybody says she began. She began. Not that she did it at once but that she began it was a process it says in this way so so the the cutting of the hair was not when the strength left him the strength left him as soon as she began to lull him to sleep it says she began to bring him down and his strength finally left him one thing at a time one compromise at a time eyes first, ears second, then your mind alertness in your mind, consciousness. everything is, you're losing out one thing at a time and finally you reach a place where you're completely in control of somebody else. Someone else is calling the shots over your life, somebody else has, uh, you know, the final say in your life, somebody else you're going to someone else to feel validated. You're going to someone else to feel good about yourself. Every time you, know, you, 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 you lose something, you, instead of going to God who gave you that blessing, you're going to someone else, you're going to people, you're going to a system, you're going into an environment that has the capacity to now enslave you. Even if it is as good as your jobs, your careers, your businesses, if you're going to your work because you need to fit a vacuum, you need to fill that void in your life, I'm telling you, that is your Delilah. You need to identify that. And, and if, if the salary getting credited in your bank account on the first of the month brings a kind of joy that, you know, that Samson got out of being in the lap of Delilah, then that is your Delilah. If that brings you a sigh of relief, oh man. If that brings you comfort, then that's your Delilah. Am I being hard on you this morning? Yeah. It's okay. I want to be. Yeah. Because the Bible says if you allow this lady, this spirit, like I told you, it's not a it's not just an attitude, it was a spirit of slumber. Right? Go back and read. Romans 11 verse 8 and King James Version or the, or the root translation says God put a spirit of slumber upon them. A spirit of slumber. So it's not just an attitude or it's not just a face of life. It is a spiritual slavery. You're, you're giving your life into the hands of a spirit. And that's what the Bible says, because of which she now began to bring him down and his strength finally left him. And when he woke up, verse 20, she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But when he woke up, he thought, I will do the same thing like before and shake myself free. The thing is this, this guy has been doing this for a long time. is not the first time that he fell asleep on the lap of Delilah. This is not the first time that he got comforted by the wrong person or by the wrong system. This is not the first time that he sought refuge, sought his hiding place in the wrong place. I was so, so moved when we sang the song, You Are My Hiding Place. Because I was like hearing that in my spirit for a long time. Since this whole week I've been hearing, where is your refuge? Where is your hiding place? And as soon as she sang, you are my hiding place, I knew this is the Lord. I knew I had to come in then. I, I knew that God was asking us as a church to shift our hiding place, our, our place of refuge from the Delilahs of this world into the goodness of God, into the provisions of God, in the ways of God. When we are satisfied in God, when we are satisfied in his love for us, When we are satisfied in the provisions that God has for us. Now, it may not be enough. It may not be always the way that you expected it to be. It may not be how you had dreamt when you were a teenager. But when you are satisfied with the goodness of God in your life, I'm telling you, everything else that is missing will come searching for you. Everything else that is missing will come looking for you. Amen? The Bible says when he woke up he thought I'm just going to do the same thing and I'm going to shake myself free. But what he didn't know or what he didn't realize what he was surprised by what he was you know caught off guard with is that the Lord had left him. So what are the three things? It says in first he brought he you know in this way she was trying to bring him down. So there was a a demotion in the spirit realm second his strength left him third the lord left him do you see the change in his in his life first as soon as he started having his conversations with delilah his relationship with delilah he started being brought down began there was a process one day at a time you know his his walk with god decreased his Financial status has decreased. His commitment to a church decreased. His relationships with the, you know, in in godly things decreased. The second, then the Bible says, then his strength left him. Now he is not as capable as earlier. Now he is not able to resist temptations like earlier. Now he is not able to break bondages like earlier. And finally, the Bible says, what he didn't realize is that the lord had also left you know it's one thing for your anointing to not be there it's one thing for you to not be able to speak in tongues it's one thing if you're not able to see visions but it's another thing when god says hey wait i'm going to withdraw myself from you for a season i'm going to take myself off i'm going to shut you know i'm i'm, I'm not just teaching you from the old testament Romans 11.8 is in the New Testament, you know, where God says, I'm going to put them into a deep sleep. Why? Because they sought their refuge. Because their belief system was, when I'm hurting, I run to a hospital. When I'm hurting, I run to my friends. When I'm hurting, I run to this television channel. When I'm hurting, I run to my work. When I'm hurting, I run to every source except to God. But this morning, we are going to repent for our Delilahs. This morning, we're going to change our attitudes and we're going to say, Lord, you've been good to us. You've been so, so good to us. This is where I love the story of Job. That his comfort was not in his wife. If his comfort was in his wife, he would have committed suicide. Because that's exactly what his wife told him to do. Yeah. Do you know what his wife told him to do? His wife said, curse God. And die. If his comfort was in his friends, man, I'm telling you, he would have run away. He would have ex- exiled himself from that land. His friends was a bigger headache. You know, it's one thing for somebody to straight on, on your face tell you, hey, just curse God and die. Another thing for somebody to now write essays about how guilty you are. How you, you're not worth anything. And that's what his three friends did to him. They just surrounded him, taunted him, made him feel so bad about himself. Instead of comforting him, instead of helping him, instead of encouraging him in his time of need, all his friends, they started pulling him down one thing at a time. And yet, his place of safety, his place of refuge was not in these people. His place of refuge was in God. In all the you know chapters uh, between Job chapter 1 and 42, he's not trying to get an answer from his friends. He's not trying to get an answer from his children or his property. He's not going and holding the collar of the guy who lost all these donkeys and he's saying, how dare you come back home? You've lost my entire business. He's not, he's not complaining this to people. He's saying, God, I want an answer from you. I want to know what, what are you doing in all of this. I want to see your heartbeat. I want to see your plans for my life. And when 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 we have a lifestyle that we say, Hey, God, I don't care how my my life is going to turn out to be. I'm still going to trust in you. I'm going to be satisfied in you. In fact, Job says, Even if the Lord slays me, I will still wait on him. I will still trust in him. See, he was in this place where he didn't understand demonology. Because of which he didn't understand that it was demons who slayed. See, you and I, we understand Jesus came to expose the truth. The thief is the one who kills, steals, and destroys. But Job didn't understand all of this. Job thought God gave and God took it away. Job thought God is the one who is trying to hurt me. See, it's only after the whole story is turned around that Job understood. Wait a minute. There was a conversation between God and Satan in heaven. And it was not God who did it. It was Satan who did it. Yeah? But in the midst of all of this, he really thought God is the one who is trying to destroy him, trying to kill him. And then he makes the statement, even if he will slay me, I will still wait on him. What a trust is that? What a commitment to God's presence. That we are saying, God, I don't care if I'll get married or not. I don't care if I will get blessed or not. I don't care if I will get my promotion or not. But I am going to make the presence of God my greatest refuge. I'm going to make the presence of God my only place of comfort. I'm going to make the presence of God, the, 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 the heart of God, the mind of God as the place that I will run to when I am in need. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, whatever brokenness I'm experiencing, I will go into the presence of the Lord for an answer, for a solution. Amen? Can I tell you another story? This is another man who fell asleep. The book of Ruth chapter 3 and verse 7. After Boaz had finished eating and drinking and what does it say? And was in? And he was in good spirits. Which means this guy reached a place where he was satisfied in what God had given him. All his needs are met? No, not necessarily. He doesn't have a wife yet. Does, is all his provisions in place? Does he have answers to all the questions in life? No, he doesn't. And yet he is in this place where he is satisfied in the goodness of God in his life. He is satisfied in what God has, has provided him. He is satisfied, he is happy, he's content, because of which the Bible says, when he had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, which means this man, he, even though he had his needs not met, he was content, he was his spirit was in a right place, his spirit was content with what God had already given him. the Bible says that in spite of the fact that he didn't have everything, when when he had been fed, when he had had his food, when he had had his drink, the Bible says he was in good spirit. And as a result of that, he lay down at the far end of the pile of grain and he went to sleep. He didn't go home to sleep. He slept. Right where he was threshing grain. Right where his harvest came. Right where the Lord had blessed him. Right where God was providing for him. The Bible says he went to sleep in that place. He went to rest in that place. Now he's resting not on his own labor. He's resting in the goodness of God. If you study the context, this is right after a famine in Bethlehem. This is right after a season of great lack, great poverty in the nation, so many people left the land of Bethlehem to Moab to find food, and right after that, when God is blessing the nation, this guy he's satisfied. He's he he was one of those guys that didn't run away. He is one of those guys that didn't leave the land where God was blessing him, where God was favoring him. And he stayed put, he stayed rooted there. And the Bible says, there, right there, he went to sleep. Amen? Do you want to know what happened? You all know the story, right? It says in verse, the next line, verse 7 and 8, then Ruth came quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down... And around midnight, Boaz suddenly woke up and turned over. The next line it says, he was surprised. Everybody says, surprised. He was surprised to find a woman lying at his feet. And he asked, who are you? Do you see what's happening here? We, we, We see that both Samson and both Boaz, both of them, they both got surprised when they woke up from sleep. Both of them got surprised. One person got surprised because what he had was taken away from him because of his sleep. But another person was surprised because what he didn't have in his life was provided for him in his sleep. Boaz did not go looking for Ruth. Boaz did not say, oh man, this girl is so cute. I have to somehow get her to say yes to marry me. Boaz, he was satisfied in what God had blessed him with. He was content. He was so happy. And when he was in a place of rest, when he was in a place of, you know, happiness, you read that word, good spirits. He ate, he drank, and he was, he was in a good spirit. And in the midst of where God had blessed him, he slept off. And the Bible says, when he woke up, see, we know the context of the story, from Naomi and Ruth's side of the the story, right? But just think about it from Boaz's side. He's not even, I I don't know if he prayed for a wife. I don't know if he was hoping that somehow a wife will come and show up when he is sleeping. No, nothing. He was totally content and his heart was at rest. And that is where he woke up. And he's like, who are you? (laughs) Where are you coming from? How come you're here? I mean, we can try and, you know, go into the historical aspect of it, go into the aspect of why Naomi asked her to do whatever. But the fact that Boaz was deep in sleep, he was happily asleep. He was happily resting in the right place where he was supposed to be. And his provision, his blessing came right when he was in a place of rest. So there is a place of rest, church, that we can get into because of which our receiving from God can be amplified. Or there is a place of rest that we can be in where our receiving from God can be drained out. So my question is, where is your place of rest? Is it in Delilah's lap or is it in the goodness of God? See, if you're asking, where is the goodness of God in my life? Hey, I'm so sorry for you. you have to be a student of your own life. To identify the, the signs of the goodness of God in your life. Yeah, you have to identify. You have to identify. Job, in the middle of chaos in his life, he, he started declaring that, Ah, my God, He is a good God. The woman came to him and said, How can you say that this is a good God? And then Job said, Hey, why are you talking like a foolish woman? We have received good things from God. When when everything was going good, we received and we were thankful about it. Now, when there is a struggle in our life, are we saying that God is not good anymore? When there is problems in our life, have we lost the sight of the goodness of God? When there is struggle, you know, that's, that's Job's convictions in the midst of the turmoil. So if you are in this place where you don't have any understanding about the goodness of God, go back and listen to last month's teaching. Because you need to identify the goodness of God and you need to stay in the goodness of God. You need to rest in the goodness of God. If you don't have any proof of the goodness of God, just look at the cross. If you don't have any idea about if God is good to you, just try breathing in and out. If you, if you are in the land of the living, if you have breath in your nostrils, if you still have life, if you still are able to worship God, the psalmist, he said it like this. He said, when I'm in the land of death, when I go to Sheol, I will not be able to praise you. I will not be able to worship you. Are you able to worship God this morning? Are you still able to sing to Him? Then you are in the land of the living and you are experiencing the goodness of God. And now you need to learn how to rest in that place. How to be at ease. How to be at peace. How to be in this place of no struggle. No struggle. You know, those nights when I have, uh, like, I go to sleep and I've not finished working in my head. It's a, it's a turmoil because I, my, my, like I'm telling myself, I need to wake up tomorrow morning for a flight. But in my head, I'm still working. In my head, I'm still recording podcasts or in my head, I'm still talking to somebody. You know, there's conversations happening and you know how hard it is to, and God save anybody that sleeps next to you that night because you may hit them, talk to them, you know. and and Because why? Because there is, you're not at total rest. You're working even when you're sleeping, you're still working. But the Lord is calling us to a place of rest. The Lord is calling us to a place of satisfaction. Today, I want you to be satisfied where you are. I want you to be satisfied. Not, 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 I'm not asking you not to pray for greater things or better blessings. I'm saying, identify the goodness of the Lord and be satisfied with it. Rest in that place. Because if you are able to rest in the goodness of God, every provision that you need, will come looking for you every provision because that is God's way of providing for us let's let's go back to genesis chapter 2 verse 21 you know the story we've read this countless number of times the bible says so the lord god caused the man to fall into a deep sleep you remember the same deep sleep we read about in romans 11:8 that's That's to shut your eyes and to close your ears and to not be able to receive from God anymore. But this is a different one. This kind of sleep is so that God can now bless you. God can now add to you. God can now multiply you. God can now take you to a greater level. It says, while the man slept. Okay, read with me. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and then closed up the opening. Now, I had a doubt. Can't God create Eve without Adam's help? Can't God bring my help, bring my provision without putting me to sleep? Can't God do it? And yet God wants to see that I'm in a place of rest And yet God wants to produce my blessing from within me. See, if it is from outside, then my cooperation is not necessary. But if it is from within me, then my cooperation is necessary. If the child that somebody is birthing is coming from within them, then they can't just sit at home and watch TV while the child is being born. That person has to be in the labor room and going through a process because of which that child can come out. Mothers are understanding what I'm saying. And the Bible says God did this with Adam. God said, you need to go to deep sleep. The reason the Bible says deep sleep is because this is not superficial rest. This is not temporary. Okay, God, just quickly do your thing. I will, I will not do anything for the next two days. I will not talk to anybody. No, no, no. This is like you don't know when you're going to wake up rest. You know, you, have you slept like that? Where you turn off your alarm and you sleep? where you disconnect all your phones and you, you know, just make sure if there is a a doorbell, you turn that also off and you close all the blinds and the curtains in the house, make sure there is no light coming into your house and just shut off everything and everybody and then sleep. That's the kind of sleep that God put Adam into. He, He didn't need to know when he will wake up. He didn't need to know how he will wake up. And when he was in that season of sleep, when he was in the season of rest, the Bible says God took something out of him so that God can give something to him. It says in verse 22, Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and then he brought her to the man. The next line, the Bible says in verse 23, At last the man exclaimed, Do you see the surprise? Just like Samson was surprised just like Boaz was surprised, here Adam is surprised because he was not expecting this. He did not ask for this. He was not looking for this. He was not striving for this. He was not struggling for this. So this blessing came as a surprise and that's why he said, oh wow, this one is the bone of my bone and she is the flesh from my flesh. Why? Because this was birth in rest. This was not birth out of my hard work. This was birth in rest. See, there are a lot of things that you can give birth to in a lot of labor. And there are things that you can give birth to in rest. See, in when you have to labor and you give birth to something, that is your strength, that is your hard work, that is your labor, that is your, you know, investment into it. But when you're sleeping and you're not doing anything and you're not you know, struggling and still something good comes out of it, that's because God took something out of you and God formed something out of it and God added flesh and bones to it and then God brought it back to you and said, here it is. This is going to be a blessing to you. This is fully God and this is fully my work and my hard work and my earning and my education and and my... Uh, uh, you know prayer and my thing and here I am just in a state of rest. I don't have to fast and pray for 40 days for my blessing to come. I don't have to give 100 million rupees so my blessing will come. I don't have to do a lot of things. I will just be in a state of rest knowing what God is doing. Knowing what God can do in my life in this season and in my state of rest things will begin to flourish. In my state of rest things will begin to birth out Then he began to prophesy over her. She will be called woman. Why? Because she was taken from man. You know, Paul would explain this. He would say, hey, all men came out of woman. And yet, woman herself came out of man. You understand what I'm saying? Because this this is how God had ordained for humanity to function. All of us, we are born of a woman. And yet... The woman herself came out of the man. So there is nothing that God wants to give you, that God wants to bless you with, that is going to come from outside. It has to come from within you. And if it has to come from within you, you have to rest. And you have to stop struggling. You have to stop fighting for it. You have to stop battling for it. Certain things. the certain things, God will ask you to rise up and battle for it. That's a different thing. Please, Don't mix the both of them. Certain things, God will wake you up in the middle of the night and say, hey, you need to pray today. God will tell you, hey, you need to battle for this. You need to fight for this. But then there are other things that God is saying, son, give this up. I will bring it back to you. I will, why don't you be in a place of rest? Why don't you calm your fears? Just bring your Isaac and just lay him at the altar and finish him. Abraham, he was so cool-headed that Sarah did not suspect a thing. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews that Abraham believed that if Isaac had to die, he will in fact be resurrected. That is the the kind of belief system with which he went. He's like, I don't care. His his heart was in a place of rest. That is why he was able to give up, give away something that came out of him. And out of that came the blessing to multiply, to become a father to many nations. Amen. May the Lord take something special out of you in this season. May the Lord bring forth that anointing that he has placed inside of you. Adam, when you were created, everything that you needed, your spouse, your children, your property, your blessings, it's all deposited inside of you. And now if you will rest... Now, if you will just give up all the struggle, then God can bring it forth. God can bring it out in Jesus' name. First, you know, Adam woke up and he started blessing his wife. Okay, he started saying, you're bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And he said, hey, you've come from man, so you will be called a woman. Then God began to bless the both of them. Okay, in verse 28 of chapter 1, says, God bless them and he said, be fruitful. Everybody say, be fruitful. So, out of my rest comes my fruitfulness. Out of my rest. When I'm willing to rest, out of my rest comes my fruitfulness. And, and God speaks to both of them and says, now you ought to be fruitful. And now you ought to multiply. Now you need to fill the earth. And you need to govern it. You need to have dominion over the earth. Where does the dominion come from? From a place of rest. It doesn't come from a place where I am struggling in my own ability. But it comes from a place of rest. And God gives them instruction. Now you need to reign over the fish in the sea. And the birds in the sky. And the animals that scurry along the ground. And then God said, look. I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. First God gives them blessings and multiplication and fruitfulness and dominion and then God gives them the provision that is required to sustain them so that they are able to do that dominion. It says line, Then God looked over all that he had made and he saw that it was good. Everybody say, it was very good. When God made the plants and the, and the trees, God said it was good. When God made the sun and the moon and the stars, God said it was good. And then God made you and me. And then God said it was very good. Okay? And the Bible says, And evening passed, and morning came, marking the sixth day. The next verse. So the creation of the heavens and the earth... And everything in them was completed. Okay, The heavens and the earth and everything that needed to be there inside of it, it was completed. So God didn't need to create anything more from here on. Everything that was necessary was created and completed and already deposited on the earth. So today, you cannot ask for healing to come from heaven. You can't ask for money to come from heaven. No, no, no. Whatever God had to give, God has already given. God has given you rest. God has given you multiplication. God has given you fruitfulness, dominion, everything that you need. God has already deposited. Yeah? Now everything that is going to come will be from outside of us. It will come from the earth where God has created and put everything. Read it one more time. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them... Was completed, so there's nothing left for God to do, amen. Now, read the next verse on the seventh day because God had finished his work of creation, because there's nothing more for God to create. It says, God, he rested from all of his work. The seventh day was a day of rest, seventh day was a day. Where God would stop his work. Now, God's seventh day was man's first day. You understand what I'm saying? Man was created on the sixth day. So his first day on the earth was a day of rest. (laughs) See, for us, we think it the other way, right? I have worked so hard for the last two months. I need to take a holiday. I need to take a break. I need to go and rest. But for Adam and Eve, they did not finish in a place of rest. They began from a place of rest. They came out from a place of rest. Their dominion came out from a place that they were in a state of rest. Their first day on the earth was a holiday. When we hear the word, okay, now multiply, govern, go be fruitful, go fill the earth, you know, have dominion. We are now running pillar to post thinking, okay, now what do I do? Where do I invest? How do I, you know, change something? But it has to begin from a place of rest. It has to begin. The first thing that Adam and Eve did was to chill. They just enjoyed the off day. They just rested in God. They just rested in His presence. They rested in paradise. Literally, they rested in paradise. Eden was the paradise of God. And they rested in paradise so the Bible says, And God, just like He blessed Adam and Eve, now He blessed the day. This day, it was, a, it was a day of rest. It was a place of rest. It was a geographical location where these people could come and just enjoy the goodness of God, just be satisfied in the goodness of God. No hard work, nothing to be done on that day. It says, that day or that place or that environment that God had created for rest, it says God blessed that seventh day and God declared it holy. The other translation says God sanctified it. Every struggle that there is, every pain that there is, every hard work that there is, God removed it out of it. God disconnected it from there. And he, and he said, this is a day of rest. God called it holy because it was the day when he rested from all of his work of creation. God, he, he finished his work in six days and on the seventh day, he rested and he invited Adam and Eve into that place of rest. He, he said, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is not just for me. Now, this is going to be a permanent ordinance from now. I'm going to call this day Holy. This is a day which is sanctified. This is a day where you do not struggle. Yes, I asked you to tend the garden, to watch over the garden, to do all of this, but not on this day. On this day, we are just going to chill. We are just going to rest. We are just going to be, you know, standing still. Now, there is a rest that is necessary when the enemy is coming to fight us. God told the Israelites when the Egyptians were coming to fight them, saying, rest, be still. And do and see what the lord will do for you. But even in the garden of eden before the struggle came, before the problem came, before the enemies came, they still needed to rest even in the garden of eden. So it's not just when there is problems that you need to rest. Even when there is no problems, you need to learn how to rest. You need to know how to calm yourself and just trust in the lord because he is our hiding place. He is our place of refuge. Because we can run to Him and we can be safe. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 3. He says, For only we who believe, everybody say believe. For only the ones that believe, only the ones that have the right perspective, the right belief system, the right thought patterns, only the ones that believe can enter His rest. So like, like I told you, this is a place, this is a geographical location in the spiritual realm that you can enter into. You can be a Christian. You can be a church-going person. You can be somebody who has experienced the, you know, power of God. And yet, if your belief system is not in the right place, you may not be able to enter into this place of rest. So that's why I'm asking you to come to, you know, a a place of understanding that, hey, God is good, to understand that God is good and His goodness will never fail you, His mercy will never come to an end and that you can actually trust His goodness. You can actually trust His love, His provision over your life. And if you will believe, the Bible says you will be able to enter into His rest. Verse 3 goes on to say, As for the others... God said this, in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. The others that don't believe. The others that, you know, don't agree with my plans over their life. The others that don't, you know, surrender to the words that I have spoken over them. You know, I've told you my plans are to prosper you. My plans are to lift you up. My plans are to bless you. Why don't you believe? Because you don't believe, you will not enter into my place of rest. But if you will believe, then you will enter. You can come into my place of rest. Do you want to know about the place of rest? Are you ready for the next verse? Okay. Read. Even though this rest had been ready since he made the world. So this is not a rest that was created after the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. This was a rest that was created when the world was made. Do you remember the rest that was created when the world was made? First God put Adam into deep sleep, brought something out of him. And now God said, okay, the first day of your life is going to be a day of rest. God invited them into that place and, and said, this day is going to be holy. There's no struggle in this day. There is no hard work in this day. There is no, no struggling in your flesh in this day. And Apostle Paul or the writer of Hebrews, he is referring to that. And he's saying, do you remember in Genesis chapter 2, he completed all his work. He completed the creation of the earth and everything that in, that earth needed in it. God completed it. Now, God is saying, those who believe, they can come and enter into that rest. They can have the Garden of Eden paradise experience here on the earth, right now in our life, if we will believe, if we will just trust Him, if we will just, you know, cease from our hard work and cease from our anxiety. That's why Jesus kept referring to His people and He said, why are you living like unbelievers? Even the unbelievers, they worry about what to eat, what to drink, where to live, what to... You cannot be like that. You have a Father in heaven. He is your refuge. He is your help. You cannot live like pagans live. Do not be anxious about your tomorrow. Do not let fear control you. Do not let these things take over your, uh, you know, belief system. Because if you believe, you can enter into a place of rest. If you believe, then you can... Just do whatever you're doing and you can still be addressed. You can still be provided for. Because God did not provide for Adam and Eve after they worked hard in the Garden of Eden. God didn't say, Wow, this month you worked only 50%. So here is 50% salary. Even before they started working, God already gave them. You remember that? I told you. God gave, blessed them, and then God gave them the food that they needed. Everything that God gave them. Every single thing, even before they started their work in the Garden of Eden. So we don't work because we want to eat. We work because God has now given us a commission. But we work from a place of rest, not to a place of rest, but from a place of rest. People usually work so that they can ultimately retire at a certain age. No, 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 we, uh, we, we, we do the other way around. We work because we have already been so blessed that we have an overflow in our spirit. We are more than satisfied. We are like that Boaz who, who is resting in good spirits. Amen? Who is satisfied with the eating and the drinking and going to sleep with good spirits. Now when you wake up and you find a woman at your feet, I'm talking metaphorically, please don't. Please don't wake up in the middle of the night to check if there is anybody under your blanket. That's not what I meant. When you wake up from your rest, you will be surprised in Jesus' name. That when your work begins, you, you will know that you've already been provided for. You've already been taken care of. You've already been blessed. Psalm 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders... It is what? It's wasted. What happens in the day of rest is that the Lord is building the house. What happens in the day of rest is that God is taking something out of me and creating my Eve and creating my future and creating my destiny. And then what do I do? I wake up, then I say, oh, this is Eve. Wow, I'm surprised, I'm excited. And now I begin to work for her, with her. You know, I, now... I'm not working to create her. I'm not working to earn her. I'm working because God has already given me an Eve. You understand what I'm saying? The difference? That's why the psalmist says, unless the Lord has already built the house, whatever building you're doing, it is in vain. So can we, yes, we are going to go into a season of building, but this season we need to learn to rest. This season we need to learn to just enjoy. Just, Just chill. You know, if it requires... Eat a little extra food this month. Yeah, just, just to tell the enemy that I, I'm not struggling this season. I'm just going to rest. I'm just going to enjoy my life in this season. I'm, I'm in a season of rest. I'm in a season where I know that the Lord is going ahead of me to build my house. When I'm sleeping, God is building my house. When I'm resting, God is laying foundations. When I'm not struggling, God is in fact sending angels to provide and take care of each and every need in my life. The next line, unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. So in other words, your protection, your covering, it, it comes, it happens, it starts in your day of rest. It's touched when you're calm, when you leave the worries, when you don't allow the enemy to speak lies into your head. What will happen to your savings? What will happen to your marriage? What will happen to your children? What will happen in your future? Can you stop listening to the voice of the enemy? Do not allow the enemy to tell you that you're not protected. You're protected physically, you're protected emotionally, you're protected financially. You're protected in your relationships. You're, you're, you're covered above, beneath, around, beside, all around. You're protected. The Lord, He is by your side. And if you can rest in that promise, if you can believe this, and if you can rest. If you cannot, then all the hard work that you do to put a passcode on your phone, to put a nice password on your bank account, you whatever you do to protect yourself, You know, to put the Godrej lock on your door. All of that is in vain. It has to begin from a place of rest. Your your hard work, I'm not saying be foolish and go and sleep with your door open. No, no, no. I'm saying first, start in a place of rest. Start in a place where you know, okay, God is building the house. Before I start building, let God build. Rest in the promises of God for your life. Are you ready for the next word? It says, verse 2. It is useless for you to work... Look at your neighbor and read this out, okay? <laughs> it is useless for you to work so hard from 9 a.m. to 3 a.m. <laughs> it's useless. It's point, I'm I'm just confessing God's word, okay? Is it in the Bible? Am I telling you something that is not there? No, 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 I'm telling you, your work has to come after rest. So God is saying, it is useless for you to work so hard from morning to evening when you have not yet rested. Okay, read the next line of the same verse. For God gives rest to his loved ones. How many loved ones of God do we have in this house? God gives rest to his loved ones. So after you have that rest, you go out and you build your city. You build your house. After you have that rest, when you're satisfied in your promises, when you're satisfied in the protection of God, after that you put a nice Godrej lock, no problem. But first, first stand on what God has given you. Stand on the rest that he has already given you. This is the rest that we got in the Garden of Eden. When God declared a place, a season, an environment. You remember Hebrews 4.3? He said even before, even when, when the creation, when the world was made, this rest was created. This place of rest was created. And yet so many Christians, they live outside of the Garden of Eden. They live outside of their promises. They live outside of their paradise and they are wondering why everything that they're doing is coming to nothing. I'm going to finish with reading Psalm 121. This is just a promise, okay? This is not connected to the word, but this is just a promise. This is just a blessing that you can now stand on for this week. This is a place of rest that I'm providing for you, okay? I look up to the mountain. Does my help come from there? Does my refuge come from there? Does my comfort come from there? Does my provision come from there? Verse 2. My help, my comfort, my sleep, my rest, my refuge. It comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Because when he made heaven and earth, he completed it by putting everything that I need in that heaven and earth. Every blessing, every seed, every provision that I need. God already placed it in that heaven and earth. Verse 3. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Because God is not going to slumber, you and I, we can rest. We can trust Him. We can just go to sleep. We can just take it easy in this season. God is saying, I am not going to slumber. Yeah, yeah, if you, can, if you can be satisfied with the blessings that I've already given you. Trust me, when you're sleeping, I am awake. I am making sure that your root will somehow find you. I'm making sure that you will discover your Eve. I'm making sure that you are going to come out more fruitful, more victorious, more blessed. Because the Lord who is watching over you when you're sleeping... He will not slumber. Verse 4. Indeed, he who watches over Israel. Come on. Speak your name over there. Indeed, he who watches over Pridji. He never slumbers nor sleeps. Come on. Speak the name of your church. Indeed, he who watches over Bangalore Revival Center. He never slumber and he never sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon harm you at night. Because the Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord is the one who keeps watch over you as you come and as you go, both now and forever. Can you rest in that? Can you trust in that? Can you believe that? Because if you believe, you will enter into a place of rest.
0: Thank you for tuning in for today's sermon. We hope this word has been a blessing to you. Do visit us at DreamingRevival.com for more information. You're welcome to tune in every Sunday for our live celebration service at 11 a.m. on our channel, youtube.com slash Pastor God bless you and have a blessed week.